Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Today we talk with Belinda Farrell, author of Find Your Frickin' Joy and Lover of Life and Healer of Others. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode that is going to help you fulfill your life's yearnings. Today's guest is Belinda Farrell, and I would say that she is a lover of life and a risk taker and someone who enjoys sharing her experiences and joy of life with others. How are you doing today, Belinda? I'm fabulous, especially talking to you. You just really brighten up my spirit. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. So I'm I'm really glad that you could join me on here today because I you know, I was reading your bio and I was just really fascinated and and curious to learn more about, you know, the different things that you've gone through in your life as far as your journey and and what you have you know found out about yourself and just for starters can we um, have you share what your 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 background and your bio is well I was raised in a Catholic school upbringing okay and I knew that that wasn't it was it was too confining for me I finally got expelled in eighth grade <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what started it all. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't conform. I was too much of a, you know, curiosity and ask questions, and that didn't go very well in Catholic school. Okay. But I appreciated the background that I did have from that. And, you know, again, I was raised as an only child and always was trying to please other people. That's what we did in those days. Mm. I'm 70 years old now. I don't feel, you know, I'm okay to talk about it because I had 70 years of learning, and it was um, an amazing journey. Um, finally going to a public school and, and being free, we had um, all black in part of the school, mm-hmm. and it was during the 60s, so you can imagine the tensions that were built up, and then we'd have very um, high-end people, you know, students there, and all, the whole mixture, you know, because we had championship football teams and basketball teams, as wow. you can imagine, mm-hmm. and we all got along. It was really an unusual school in the fact that, you know, and I was vice president, and we had a black president okay. and we would travel together in the car and people would look at us weird and I I just didn't care mm-hmm. you know because I just knew that this was a good guy and we w- would just do things together for the good of the school and for other people so I think we were a little ahead of the game right wow that's <laughs> and, incredible yeah and I I guess I went to Berkeley Cal Berkeley mm-hmm. um there were a lot of riots at that time and all I did was want to get my my degree, I was also interested in acting and tried out for a lot of, um, you know, scholarships and things like that. But I think I was supposed to be in the healing category because everything that I did with acting, it would, would kind of stop me in my tracks mm-hmm. and I would go back to, to healing. And I was really just, what, what we're doing is healing ourselves. Right. And so finally, after I, I met my husband in 
uh, Washington, D.C. I was working for a senator there, mm-hmm. Senator Charles Percy. I was also recruited by the CIA to go to Washington in the first place and had a top security clearance there. Oh, wow. That was not going to work out. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be here now talking to you if it had. <laughs> But I met my husband, and we raised two wonderful children. And then after 18 years, um, I had to find out who it was. And so that's when I got divorced, and I found Tony Robbins. Okay. And he became my first really big teacher. And the firewalks were the ones that, if you could conquer walking on a hot bed of coals, 2,000 degrees, the metaphor is what else could you do in your life? Right. And so for me, it was like what came up is that I wanted to drive a race car. Hmm. And I don't know where that came from (laughs) other than I loved bikes and scooters and skates as I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And it just fascinated me. So Tony teaches you a mantra that if you say you can't, you must. Mm. And if you must, you will. So there is no can't. So I can't drive a race car. No, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. You have to find out where you can go to learn. So I picked up the phone, and that's where everything starts. You pick up the phone. You ask questions. I enrolled in a Grand Prix road racing course in Sonoma with Bob Bondurant. Okay. And it was just euphoric. I just had so much fun, and I found out I had some talent. So at the end of the four days, they hired me to drive cars for Buick and Cadillac in New York. Wow. And that went so well that they, when we came back, they created a, a stunt uh, course mm-hmm. for me to learn how to do the spins and the slides and the terrace driving and all of that. And so I launched a, a career from just that deciding to call them on the phone and go down and take a class. That's incredible. Yeah, it was it was really amazing. You, but then deep down, as I kind of confided in you, I was afraid of water. Mm-hmm. And you think you have conquered all your fears, but the big fear, you know, is usually lurking inside, and that's where your emotions are. So I guess I was afraid of dealing with all my emotions, and that was going to come out later. Mm. And so you know, the the stunt driving was great, and I started doing more um, learning into hypnosis and timeline work and past life regression. And I just really wanted to help people heal. And in turn, I was healing myself. Right. And because the more you work on you, the more it benefits everybody. Um, Because you bring yourself everywhere you are. Just like I look at you and, you know, it may be raining outside and foggy, Mm -hmm. but you're this light. You know, you just, you exude this light and it's really refreshing and comforting, you know, to be in your presence. So that's what I guess we all want to work on being that light Mm -hmm. and getting rid of the fears and dissolving them. And so that's what I've kind of done up to this point. I've had, I thought my life was just going great and, um, but then, you know, life hits you, boom, you know, some kind of a thunderbolt. And my son had been having a lot of back problems. He had surgery. I was healing my back. My back was always in a state of turmoil and mm-hmm. flux. But I would just work through the pain. And then finally, my body said, well, we're not going to support you anymore. And I collapsed. No. Yeah, I had herniated discs. I was told I wouldn't walk again unless I had surgery. 
And I'd been studying the Huna for about three years Mm -hmm. and doing the forgiveness processes and kind of healing myself on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I had been dropped when I, when I had the injury, I couldn't do any stunt driving anymore. So I couldn't have insurance anymore with the producer's health plan. So there I was with no insurance and facing what they said I needed surgery. And I said, no, I, that I can't do, I can't Mm -hmm. afford so then the self-healing part kicks in. So I thought, okay, I've been studying all this. Let's see if it really works. Okay. And that's literally what I did. I, I confined myself to bed for about a month. And I took some codeine that was prescribed by an osteopath. But other than that, I saw no doctors. Mm-hmm. And she also gave me some snake venom, little tiny pill of snake venom, which seems to bring up memories from the spine. She really? was a wow. homeopathic doctor as well. And I memories came up in, in my book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. Joy. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about this memory that came up that I had no idea was there. And that's what started my healing because I found out from my mother that I had been taken to three abortion clinics. Mm. And that, you know, was not a planned pregnancy and mm-hmm. so therefore not wanted. Wow. And that fetus knows when they're not wanted. It, it affects everything in your life. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was trying harder to be loved. You know, some people just feel they don't deserve to be loved, so they have to work really hard at it. Okay. I was one of those. I, I admit that. Mm-hmm. And that was all because I didn't feel that I was accepted or, you know, planned. In the beginning. But the dream that came up or the memory came up of a baby being just tossed out into the universe, just like a piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. And yet these hands came down and they picked up this baby and they laid the child in this figure. This figure was standing on a precipice. And I felt me being the baby. I just felt so safe. I felt loved. Even though I wasn't loved by my parents, I was loved by this divine being that just felt like, you know, you can call it God or universe, whatever it was, mm-hmm. I was accepted wow. at that deep level. And then my healing started. It just, I just like relaxed. I was in a pool of sweat when I woke up. But then I could start focusing on climbing trees again. I know that sounds silly, but. Mm-hmm. You have to have a strong back to climb trees. Mm-hmm. So I was giving the unconscious part of me that's running my body an opportunity to feel excited. Oh, we're going to climb a tree. Mm-hmm. How exciting. Okay, well, I better get that thought up to this person's higher self so they can bring it back down into the physical body because that's right. literally what happened. I got all the negative stuff out of the way that was blocking this pipeline that's what I'm taught in the ancient Hawaiian healing. And then this this desire to climb a tree again, to have this flexible back, mm-hmm. reached the higher part of me. I was healed within four days. Wow. Yeah, it was like somebody had given me a billion dollars because I, I had no pain. I could stand up, walk. I went and got an x-ray, and the doctor just said, you're... You have an aligned spine. He said I'd never even seen an aligned spine. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, so that was amazing. And then I just decided I have to teach this to other people, you know, how to do this. And 
I thought, okay, if I can heal myself, then I'm, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to go. But then after a while, see, my son saw me heal. He knew what I had gone through without surgery and everything, but he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to love people exactly where they are. Okay. And his pain just kept multiplying and getting worse and worse. And um, he finally took an overdose of, of pills and ended the pain. And oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was um, about seven years ago, and it knocked my sails. It mm-hmm. just, as you can imagine, you just, uh, there's no words to describe the grief of losing a child. Right. And then um, shortly after that, a month later, the rug was pulled for me again, and I lost all my money in a Ponzi scheme. Oh, no. I had saved for a type of retirement. It was gone. So I had a month to clean out and where I was living and sell things and sell whatever I could. And, I mean, it, I couldn't grieve even for my son. It just, mm-hmm. right away, you're on another journey. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even do my forgiveness and cord cutting. I was just numb, I guess you might say, just numb. And that's when a friend took me to see this movie called The Living Matrix, okay. which featured um, Dr. Eric Pearl. He's a reconnective healing uh, person who brought this onto the planet. And I just started, I looked, I didn't want to go to this film. I didn't want to see another blah, blah therapy. Right. I was done. Mm-hmm. I, can, <laughs> I can understand. You can mm-hmm. understand that. All I had done was the Hawaiian healing and hypnosis for 20 some odd years and but yet there was something about this man and what he did. He just lifted his arms and he was healing this young boy that had cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. And he never touched him. He did three sessions with him. And the little boy was out of the wheelchair and he was playing on the playground and holding a cup for the first time. And I thought, I need to learn this. I need mm-hmm. to know what it's all about. So I decided I'd find somebody who could do a session on me. They, the thing is, when you walk in, you don't tell them anything about you. Okay. you they, don't, they don't know any story. There is nothing. You just lay on the table, and the frequencies bring you back into balance. Mm-hmm. So after the session, all my grief was lifted. Hmm. And I felt light again. I felt joyful again. I was like somebody had just lifted this huge anchor shroud from from under me and she didn't know anything about it she just did the hands and moved these frequencies and i was completely so in gratitude wow and i had another couple of sessions and then i had my reconnection done and i just felt wonderful i went to chicago i had him teach me how to do this and i've been doing it ever since <laughs> wow that is incredible so now that's the the, you're saying that's the, uh, the the frequency training? Is that what it is? Right. It's mm-hmm. reconnective healing reconnective and healing. and doing the reconnection. And so I've been doing that for my clients for the last seven years. Wow. And in addition to the Hawaiian healing, Hawaiian huna is more of a self-healing process mm-hmm. where you have a toolbox and you can do things and forgive yourself. And that's how I healed my back by reaching this higher part of us. Healing's an inside job. Okay, right. 
as you know. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So I, I did want to ask you about that too, just going back to the Hawaiian practice, if you will, for a moment. Just mm -hmm. what does one, uh, in your experience, need to do to begin to, to heal themselves so that they can get back to, you know, I guess inner and outer peace? What does that process look like? Well, the, the main thing is accepting responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. Mm -hmm. So that means even what the terrorists have done out there, everything that you project from inside you, you're taking responsibility for having some kind of seed inside you okay. that can be cleansed, that can be healed. And when you cleanse that and you neutralize it, what it does is it, it gets replaced with light. It gets replaced with something else where you can project something higher, a higher frequency. And so the Hawaiians do this process. It's forgiveness mm -hmm. of the self. It's called ho'oponopono. Have you ever heard of it? Ho'oponopono? Right. Ho'o means to make. Okay. And pono means right. Right. So you're ho'oponopono. You're making right two times. Okay. And they used to just meet as a, as a family and do this ceremony together where they would heal and forgive themselves of anything they had done during the day to cause you know, somebody to get angry or to hate someone or hurt someone, they would let it all go down with the sun into the water at sunset. Wow. So now we do it with ourselves as our emotional body brings up sadness, mm -hmm. or hurt, or you want to revenge or something. Right away, you would just say, I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. You're connecting to the higher part of you, which is like an eraser for this thought or this mm -hmm. memory coming up. And it just does something miraculous. You don't even have to know what it's, what it's being directed at. That just if, if you get upset about something and you just start saying that, the person you're upset at could call you in an hour and just say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. They don't know why. They're just put on this higher, higher vibration. Wow. Without, without even knowing that you were thinking about that, they would just call you up exactly wow that exactly very, that's very powerful so that that's very interesting to me because that would be i guess in direct contrast to what most of us do we go to bed angry about things and oh. and then we let them weigh heavy onto us was that a difficult yeah. process that you had to go through to be able to accept the this um this new principle well, it made me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I even was taught a, a chant, a very, very small chant that helps to heal PTSD. Okay. And I'd love to share that with you and your listeners because a couple of years ago, I had just come back to my house here and I had two clients with me and they were, um, one was from Tokyo, one was from Oakland. Mm -hmm. They come to see my healing place here. Five minutes later, gunshots are fired right oh, outside wow. the window, about 25 rounds. We're on the floor and um, calling 911. And, I mean, it was just absolute chaos. And two policemen were shot and killed hmm. at the house next door. And this young man jumped over the fence and ran in front. I got a good look at him. And then he was killed out in the, you know, in the garage area. But mm -hmm. it was just a horrible experience. Yeah. and. 
for days I couldn't get to sleep. I kept, I'd close my eyes, I'd see his dead body, I'd hear mm. the gunshots. You know, I can just imagine what it must be like in a war zone. Mm. I mean, I just had a little sample of this. And I started doing this chant, and what it is, is like it's considered a cosmic eraser. Okay. And so when you take a deep breath, you breathe back the problems or whatever it is, and then as you come in, you go... So you breathe back and then And you do it about 11 times and it's the EO is considered creation. It's like it's a likened to the Akashic, or the Buddhists call it the void. Mm-hmm. The Hawaiians call it the EO. And so you take your problems back to the very beginnings of time, and as you come in with this sound, it, it neutralizes, it erases it. And after doing that, I, it kind of whited out the trauma of that event. And I, if I'm ever having trouble going to sleep at night, I just break into the EO chant. Wow. That's incredible. So thank you for sharing that because that I think that is definitely something that oh, is needed, especially when we have a lot of things going on in our minds or trying to, you know, make peace with things. Right. I can't go to sleep, you know, if I'm angry or upset. I I can't. Mm-hmm. So it has to be something where I could. And I also take a bath at night with Epsom salts, and then I cut my cords and I watch them go down the drain. You know, forgiving myself of what I have done during the day or the projections during the day. Mm-hmm. You get into a habit, you know, you get into a ritual. And I think they're healthy to have these rituals. So I think that's a good point there about rituals. What, if you will, what is your like daily ritual that gets you started with your day and, and, and something that really helps you out? Well, I start out, I try to just say thank you. You know, mm-hmm. I made it through the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can breathe another breath. Right. You know, you get to be 70 and, you know, things are a little bit more iffy, you right. know. So you don't take things so much for granted. Okay. And But I'm, I'm very fortunate that I feel good. And I, I'm never without some type of gratitude. Just thank you. I open the door and I just say thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for today. And what miracle is going to be created today? I mean, you've got to expect things to happen good, not, you know, not the opposite. So that's one of the first things I do, and it sets me, it sets me right. Okay. Or I go be with nature. I go, I have a lot of squirrels outside and um, hummingbirds, and I love animals, so I go talk to them. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I went to Hope College, which is on the west side of Michigan and and it was lovely just going outside over there and and yeah. being out there with the birds or the squirrels the squirrels were always out there and just they were the most comical thing I think I've seen up yes. there they would just they would even they would know that you were coming by them even before you knew that they were there <laughs> and so that it always provided good enjoyment for us Oh yeah next time you have to take a handful of peanuts with you mm. To feed them. I feed them out here. And then, you know, of course, I swim with the dolphins. Okay. So 
every year I take people to Hawaii to swim with the wild spinner dolphins and looking eye to eye with those beings it's it's they're not you know they're so full of love Mm -hmm. and so your heart just opens you just melt into this unconditional love and whoever you're swimming next to you fall in love with them (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's kind of dangerous I guess in that way but um, you can't hold on to the fears and the sorrows because you're in this absolute mixture of acoustical elevation. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So yes. that's my elixir. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a lovely thing. And you mentioned uh, earlier that you were at first afraid to, you know, go in the water. Can you uh, walk us yeah. through that about, you know, what that fear was and then what helped you overcome it? Well, I think, you know, we're, we come into this world with a bag of DNA from our relatives and mm-hmm. our ancestors, and I'm sure there was drownings in there somewhere because mm-hmm. I just couldn't put my head underwater. Wow. I just hyperventilate and panic and tried to learn how to swim, but it just was never successful. Okay. And then, when you, and then I tried even surfing when I was in high school. And I had a boyfriend at the time that would push me into the wave, and I'd stand on it. It was a tandem board, mm-hmm. and I'd get the feel of riding, but then I'd be struggling after we crashed. Right. You know? <laughs> it was the big, long woodies at that time. Okay. And then even with my children, we had a pool at one time, and I would just hold their coats. I never went in. Mm. You know, water sports and stuff, I'd, I'd be the one to hold everybody's coat and mm. let them go in. So it wasn't until I was in Hawaii doing my training for hypnosis that I'm realizing I'm surrounded by water. And um, I just had this experience with bringing the higher self inside. It's through some ha breathing and clearing the stuff inside, doing that cord cutting process. Mm -hmm. And as a result, what came in were all these dolphins and whales. It was like a meditative, you know exciting explosion in my brain and I thought they've never been on my radar before what are you doing it was like an invasion (laughs) and and then at night starting that day they started coming in my dreams Mm. and teaching me how to swim so I couldn't wake up without dolphins you know and I'm swimming with dolphins and I'm and I wake up and I'm saying hmm I need to go be with them, but I hate the water. I need mm. to go be with them, but I hate the water. So <laughs> it was this push-pull thing. Mm-hmm. And finally, I got some friends to take me out there. And eventually, we got to see eye to eye. And they taught me how to swim and be one with the water. And it was like the fear went away. Wow. Instead of the scary, scary thing, it was like this nurturing um, womb that was bringing me back to wholeness. Okay. And, yeah. So that's that's what they did for me, and that's what they do for other people as well. Hmm. So what did what did that teach you then? To not be so afraid of my emotions. Mm-hmm. My emotions were I was scared. I mean, there was a lot of death. I think inside my body, memories, and the water would just bring it up. Okay. You know, the water would just bring it up, and so now as I go in the water, and I'm doing free diving now too, learning to hold my breath and just being more at peace with those emotions. If something comes up, let it come up. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm curious now. I'm not so afraid. Mm. You know, you can drive a car and race it and take all these chances, but if you can't deal with your emotions, that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to bring these up. And I think a lot of people don't want to see what's down there or feel what's down there because okay. you'd get to feel this pain. But realize that you were a very small person or a small child during that time. And now you get to see it from a different perspective right. from the adult that you are now. So maybe in that respect, it's not going to be so scary. Okay, that makes sense. So I did want to ask you, you have a book. Yes. Find Your Friggin' Joy. What yes, is that about? Well, I love the title, like, by the way. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like finally get off the pot and do something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the joy is something that you have within you. Okay. And and as, as you brush off all the cobwebs and all the layers, that's what emerges. And that was my journey is that the more that I uncovered, um, are you still there? Yes. Okay. There you are. The more that I kind of let go of these this emotional baggage, then it would just lighten me up, and the joy would just be there as a result. Mm-hmm. So I the book started out to be, you know, talking about the journey and how I healed my back. It goes through every single step I took okay. to do the self healing, and if you're going to take an active role in your healing, mm-hmm. this is a great book to do it. If you're passive about it, that's fine, but this isn't the book for you. Okay. Because you have to want to take an active role. It's, I, as I say in one of the chapters, it's not for sissies. Mm-hmm. And I, do, I mean that in a, in a way, I just don't want to waste people's time. Because some people do want to take an active role. I'm, I was married to um, a doctor okay. for 18 years, a surgeon. And he was always trying to, you know, poke me with a needle or, you know, and I was always trying to do an alternative way. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to find another way to heal because I believe our bodies are very intelligent. Yes. And if you give them them the opportunity and the right pathway, they'll do what they need to do to heal themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. I 100% believe, believe and agree with that as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a facilitator. I help you. I help you to open the door, and you have to take that step through the door. Nobody can force anybody to heal until it's their time to do it. Absolutely. So I did want to also ask, because I think that's awesome work as far as putting the book together and then being able to go out and facilitate these uh, this growth uh, with others. How is it? You know, you're you're able to, you know, fulfill your passions and to, you know, find your joy. But now moving to the other side, what how is it that you are able to, you know, make a business out of this so that you can in fact help other people? That's a good question. I've I've just always enjoyed being self employed. You know, the only real job I think I had, I was a teacher for five years. Okay. And I've always been independent. I've never just gone for, well, this is going to make me money or this is going to make me money. It was just what I loved Mm -hmm. to do. And so, like, the driving turned into, you know, a full-time stunt career for almost 10 years. Wow. And that was in my 40s. And then I was doing, um, you know, acting jobs and modeling jobs, too, on the side. 
And so I've always been in that kind of create your own, you know, support system. Okay. And I've always felt that somebody is, if, if I'm on the right track, then I'm being guided and I'm being assisted and the clients will come. And so the Hawaiian thing, that just started out of me wanting to share this with other people because mm-hmm. so many people are afraid of the water. Yeah. And some people come on this trip and they say, oh, I'm a really good swimmer and I swim, you know, I do laps in the pool. This is the ocean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the ocean. <laughs> this is the big leagues. <laughs> there are critters there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know. And I see I like that because you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But knock on wood, um, we have always been blessed with dolphins coming. And and no danger, okay. you know, because we surround ourselves. We do a lot of ceremony. Um, we've been very blessed. And where I take people, there are three sacred bays in mm-hmm. Hawaii. And it's very unique. I mean, I see dolphins here in Santa Cruz, but the water's cold. Right. The water's full of seaweed. You mm. can't see. It, it's, it's not the right, you know, it's, it's not the right place to okay. do it. So... I guess, you know, I've, I've made a career out of this, and I feel really blessed. And if it's going to lead me somewhere else, then so be it. I'll, I'll do that. I think that's an awesome mindset, especially for, uh, for me to hear as well in, in, in pursuing what I am doing and, and just for others. What is it that, you know, that helps you keep on moving forward? forward when when there might be setbacks because you said you know if, if you're on the path and you'll keep doing that and then if it's something if it leads to something else then you'll move in that direction but what else is it behind there that helps you say well it's not going you know it's going okay right now but this is this feels good to me so I'm going to keep on doing it what is that mindset like for you well there are days that you know you don't have any clients mm-hmm. or that you feel a little down on yourself mm-hmm. And I don't like to stay in that pity place too right, long. Right. So I I go to the gym. I I take a walk. I think exercise is one of the best things that you can do to get out of your self-talk mind. Okay. And, you know, I start, you know, calling clients that I haven't heard from or that I need to catch up on doing some follow-up work. I just try to make best use of that time. And the more energy that you keep putting out there, the more it's going to come back to you in another way. So it doesn't matter if you, you know, oh, gosh, I've, you know, I've tried to call and I've done all of this and it's not working. You're still putting that energy out there. Mm-hmm. The universe sees that and hears that. So you just have to let go. I, there's a story I have in the book. And, oh, my gosh, it's I was just learning how to swim. Okay. okay just learning how to swim, and I, I went out a little bit far. I was on my own, and I was getting very excited and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just very, you know, oh, here I am. I'm right. swimming, and oh, look at me. Woo-hoo. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this current starts coming from another direction. Oh, boy. And I'm fighting the current, and I'm fighting it. I'm getting farther and farther away from the shore, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, starting to panic. Oh, boy. And get very anxious, and I call for help. I just say help, you know, and I'm just I'm struggling, I'm struggling, and what comes up is this giant sea turtle. Okay, comes up right next to me, and I look in his eyes, and it just seemed to 
to me that he was saying, do what I do. Mm. And he wasn't struggling. So I just kind of let my arms just be like a turtle. Okay. And we, we locked eyes together and he just, I just kind of floated over the current how that happened, because I wasn't struggling. Mm -hmm. And he just took me over onto this little jetty, or it was its rock formation, and I was safe. And I went to look for him again. He was gone, disappeared. So I just, from that, I always think of the turtle in that I can't fight anything. I have to let go. And when I let go, I'll be safe, and I'll get to the next level without struggling. Struggling just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You have to let go of whatever it is you seem emotionally attached to. And as you do that, it seems to kind of lift you up to a higher place and you're safe. Wow. So just to recap that there, you cannot, well, you have to let go and you can't fight. Otherwise, like the story you were sharing, the current would just keep on dragging you down or, or keeping yeah. you grounded where you are so that you can't move forward i think that is a great analogy i do love that story that is awesome too the, the turtle looked at you and showed you what uh, to do <laughs> and he was gigantic right, i mean this right. was a gigantic sea turtle mm-hmm. he just came out of when i started saying help wow. because i would have been long gone and that to me so the turtle is like my my you know my animal totem i guess along with the mm, dolphins wow. because so i keep the turtle right next to me a picture of the turtle so i'm always reminded you know of not don't take part in the struggle just mm-hmm. go with the flow and go, go with, with your instincts go with the first time you feel something if it feels like a red flag it is a red flag mm-hmm. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it <laughs> You know, just uh, again, like your mother is psychic, you are psychic as well. You just have to trust, you know, and allow it, allow those gifts to come out. So speaking of gifts, and that leads me to an excellent point that I would like to talk about is how does one, you know, allow themselves to, to be open to these gifts and to listen, as you were saying, to what their intuition is telling them? You know, what is... How do they begin to listen more to themselves and and less to what others are saying? Boy, that's a great question. I mean, we're hearing cell phones and iTunes and and we're plowing all this music and other verbiage into our minds. Mm -hmm. And so we don't get to stop and listen. Um, I have to have a quiet time. Okay. You know, I have to have quiet time. Either it's in the car. or somewhere where I can hear the answers that I've given to the questions I've asked. So if you can just give yourself some quiet time, I mean, it's it's confusing to have all that, you know, blurring out at you, especially media stuff. Right. And TV. I don't have the TV on in the morning. I just I just don't. I have my favorite shows and I love movies, mm-hmm. but I I don't listen to news broadcasts and things like that. It's just, I, I want to know the truth. Absolutely. So I think that's a, a fascinating point there because what I do is I like to, you know, do yoga and I'll meditate and, and just, and just be quiet 
and be alone with myself. I, I was wondering yeah. if you had any you know, insight as to how come people sometimes find it, you know, difficult to be in silence and to, you know, be alone with themselves. Well, the ego is very seductive. Mm-hmm. And the ego, you know, is attached to your conscious mind. It's okay. the one that makes you, you know, look outside and decide and what story you're going to believe in today. Mm. And the ego loves alcohol, drugs, sugar, and caffeine. So the more you plow that stuff into you, the more you're going to keep the self-talk and you'll keep yourself away from the truth of what you're hearing. So if you just quiet the ego a little bit, just, you know, just don't feed it so much of that, those stimulants, mm-hmm. you'll begin to hear more of what the truth that's coming from your unconscious. Okay. It's a hard thing to do because addictions are, you know, that's why they're called addictions. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and I've been there, I've done that, I've, I've felt, you know, the, the languaging, you know, blurring out, and then I felt the ego going, I remember one time I did a, a fast for three days, mm-hmm. where I only had water, and I think some maple syrup, it was a cleanse I was doing, and it was the most amazing experience, because I could hear the ego finally shutting down, right, and it was just, it was just not there. And all these answers were coming in that I was very much, you know, I had never heard them before. Mm-hmm. So that was an idea of, you know, you're starving the ego because it just loves food, mm. you know, all kinds of food. And, and then you get further and further away of wanting to go inside and doing this work. Okay. And so that's, that's really cool that you said that because... For fulfilling life's yearnings or, or whatever people are pursuing in life, I think at least what's worked best for me was, just as you were talking about, was that reflective period where I needed to be with myself and yeah. listen more to my inner and, and, and less to the story that the ego, as you were saying, was trying to or hopefully wanting to convince me to follow for that day and, and, and see things mm-hmm. how I wanted to see them or felt I needed to see them as opposed to just giving in to, you know, those addictions or, or, or the things that are just out there to distract us. That's true. Taking a walk, you mm-hmm. know, taking a walk, you get to sort things out in your mind and, you know, things come to you when, things come to me when I'm walking, you know, walking on the beach or getting back in harmony with the frequencies of my of my body. I mean, you, when you get into the elements and you you breathe and you breathe the the air and you know that's all we are are right. the elements. We're earth, air, fire, and water. I mean, how did I? How was I and and thousands of other people able to walk on two thousand degrees of hot coals? How does that happen? Right. How does that happen? Well, when I studied Huna <clears throat> and studied the elements, I realized. We became one with the fire. Hmm. We just, we were, you know, breathing really fast and furious. And so our bodies just transformed into this fire element. And if you were in the fire element, you didn't burn. Mm -hmm. Because you were one with that fire. If you started to think about it, which I did once, I was walking on the eighth time and my son was walking and I was sick and I shouldn't have been walking and I did it anyway and I burned. Mm-hmm. It was not fun. It was very uncomfortable. 
Wow. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have to know all different ways of, you know, why this is working and not working. So, you know, we just become one with these elements and then we're in harmony. I also sleep with, um, with a, uh, an ocean sound. Okay. I have one of those sound sleepers because I like to feel that I'm near the ocean again. Mm-hmm. And it helps my body to go into this rhythm and go to sleep. So that might help people. Right. That's no that's and, awesome. So thanks for sharing that because I was I was wondering that too if if you had any times where you might have burned yourself walking across Oh one, yeah. So <laughs> one out of 18 times. I think that Oh, but it was very severe. Mm-hmm. I had a, I couldn't wear shoes. I was taking my kids to Disney World the next week oh, so we'd wow. be walking everywhere. And what a lesson. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it could have been worse. There are acupuncture points that you press in the back of your knees to help lessen the, um, the burns. So instead of third-degree burns, they were second-degree burns. Okay. But I think but, something was very, very, uh, I think would be helpful to, re, to recapture for them, uh, for myself as well, is that you said that come, becoming one with the element, and, and it was almost like a, a metamorphosis and you were just able to connect to what you were doing and you were able to succeed in, in making it happen. You mean with the firewalk? Right. Well, that's what Tony does. Mm-hmm. He, he gets you to, to become, you know, just very amped up mm. and amped up, I guess, fiery. Right. You're breathing really heavily and you're breathing hard and then you're centering yourself into the earth to make sure you're grounded. Okay. And, you know, it's a process. He also had us write down all the fears that we had and take those fears and we threw them into the fire before we started. Wow. So it was it was a really interesting, you know, step-by-step process. And then when you're actually going to walk, you know, you're ready and somebody stands there and they feel that, you know, you're grounded. And then you just um, say the words cool moss as you're walking cool across. Cool moss. Cool moss. Cool moss. You know, mm-hmm. not burnt flesh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, cool moss. And then, you know, it's, but I did 18 of them mm-hmm. and I was married 18 years. So I think, you know, symbolically, that was how many I had to do. Wow. And then I was done. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's incredible. That is that is amazing. I, I do want to try that as well. I think that would be a, a stepping, I guess, for a, a stepping out period where, like you said, it showed you that if you could do that, then yes. what else can you do? That, that's it's incredible. just a metaphor. Mm-hmm. It really, that's all you do it for. Right. Because if you can walk on that, on those 2,000 degrees, you ask yourself, what else would I like to do in my life now? What else can I do? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I think, and well, go ahead. Something, something will come up from your gut. Yeah. And you'll have to acknowledge it and say, oh, I don't want that one. Or, but you have to acknowledge that because right. that's where it came up for me that I wanted to, I wanted just to race a car. I didn't say stunt driver. I just said, I'd like to drive a race car. Huh. Right. Scared me to death, you know, <laughs> the thought of it. But I had to go find out where I could do that. So you just do step by step. I mean, how many people have dreams and thoughts and plans and they think, oh, no, that'll never work. Mm-hmm. And then that dream just doesn't actualize and then they feel regretful. 
and you don't want to arrive at the end of your life and not have done the things that you were here to do. Right. I, I agree. Like what Les Brown says is, you know, you don't want to die full, you know, full of your, <laughs> your, your dreams and, and ambitions and, and intelligence and ideas. He said you want to go to the grave empty, empty. Meaning, meaning that you live the life full of doing the things that you wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> so I don't know what else is, I mean, I look at, you know, now mm-hmm. I play tennis, you mm-hmm. know, with my boyfriend and we're very lucky we can run around the court and oh, still, wow. you know, awesome. play a couple of sets of tennis and smash ball. And, you know, I still like to rollerblade. Okay. So knock on wood. That's, <laughs> <all>. <laughs> that's, you know, I don't want to take a lot of unnecessary chances anymore, but okay. You know, you you I'll slow down a tiny bit, but your ideas never stop. Right, that's incredible. Cause I know you did say you take risk, and so now those are starting to slow down. For you, do you still have more other things that you want to try? Um, I don't know. I I want to travel some to places that I haven't been. I want to go to New Zealand and Australia. Mm-hmm. I swam with the whales in Tonga, <laughs> and that was amazing. Getting in the water with these huge mammals, um, seeing eye to eye with a whale. uh, So I did that 10 years ago. You know, after you've done that and swam with the dolphins in the ocean, it really, what else is there? (laughs) I I feel like I have um, really experienced, you know, the deepest amount of love. And I just continue to want to keep embellishing on that and just feeling that love and having other people feel it as well. And whatever that takes, you know, whether it's swimming in the ocean with dolphins Mm -hmm. or going to Tonga or just challenging yourself, um, that says I'm worth it. You know, you're fulfilling, you know, what your soul has brought you here to do. Right. That's the main thing is you've got to be honest with yourself. And say, what, you know, what does my soul want? Mm-hmm. How does it want to be at the next level? What will I, what do I need to do? Or maybe I've done enough and I just am going to be right. who I am now. Okay. I think that's you awesome. And, and I think that would be a, a great part to end it at. I just wanted to ask you two more questions. The first <laughs> okay. is, what is you know, your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings? (laughs) Well, again, listening. Listening. Listening to your soul, Mm -hmm. listening to what your heart is beating because it's probably beating at a different rhythm Mm. than you think it is. And just getting very honest, raw, you know, just raw, the basics. What am I here to do? Mm -hmm. You know, asking yourself the right question what am I here to do? What am I going to feel so fulfilled that, you know, that I'm authentic and that I'm just happy having done that? And that you just have to get very basic. Maybe it's growing an herb garden, you know, mm-hmm. out in the Pacific I, mm-hmm. or helping people grow an herb garden. I don't know, but you've got to just find out what that truth is. And everybody has their own truth. And listening to that is the key. 
That's awesome. So thanks for sharing that. And finally, what would be, you know, your call to action, you know, to the listeners, um, what they could even start doing today? Oh, taking deep breaths through their nose mm-hmm. and out through the mouth, not panic breathing and just, just saying the words thank you all day long and just see how that's just going to turn things around. You'll start feeling better. You have no idea. It's just gratitude being alive, having one more day to have an idea and help somebody um, just feel good about yourself and, and not knowing what miracle could come because of that. Right. Just being in expectation like a little child, mm. being like a child too, laughing. You know, I have to go to, I have to, when I go to bed, I have to sometimes watch reruns of Friends or <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to laugh. I just love to laugh. And I know that that's, you know, again, that's like taking a, you know, a wonderful happy pill. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sad sometimes, but the laughter, is very very helpful exactly so enjoy life is the, the is always the best prescription for anything and i just want to thank you for taking some time out and, and coming on the podcast it was it was great having you on as a guest and you can see by looking at me i've been smiling the whole time because i just because <laughs> I, 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 I just section smile <laughs> no, thank you <laughs> Because I just love, I just you know, love just hearing people talk about their passions and, 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 and seeing the joy when they get to talk about what they love doing. So that's awesome for that. And thank and, and thank you for being you and, and swimming with the dolphins, you know, overcoming your fears and, and, and sharing them with other people. Yeah, I'd love to be their tour guide. We go next uh, September in 2016. Oh, awesome. Last week of August and all the month of September, a week at a time. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely will put that in the show notes for those of you that want to check that out. And then and then I'll put that up on the website as well. And, Belinda, is there uh, any places that you want um, the listeners to check you out at? Um, well, it'll be on Facebook mm-hmm. and it'll probably be on Twitter and it'll be on my website at hunahealing.com, okay. H-U-N-A. And that's where it talks about the spiritual journeys with the dolphins. That's incredible. So that's where we'll Thank end you. it for today. Thank you again for your time. I'm Blake Sule, and you were listening into Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And today's guest was Belinda Farrell. Aloha. see you soon (laughs) thanks for listening to fulfilling life's yearnings i want to know what your biggest takeaway is so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode which is located on the home page and leave a comment the show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey to stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, 
stay in the zone, and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.